Is your deck causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO, free impartial advice on all your debt. This is something that comes along every now and then in generation and it's special. Razaban, if I for TV and association with MTK Global. After many days of trying to pin him down, I finally have Sky Sports very well, Mr. Matthew Macklin. Matt, how are we doing? I'm good, I'm good, I'm good. Uh, up to much today? Uh, I've got a few bits and pieces to do, yeah. So I've uh, got to do this and then I'm going to uh, crack on. Absolutely. Uh, Matt, uh, it's been a few days now, anti-Joshua's victory over Kubrat Pulev. Um, where do we start? Uh, how did you assess his performance first? I thought it was a good performance. Um, this was his mandatory challenger, a guy who'd only lost once uh, several years ago to Vladimir Klitschko. Um, I, I still think going into this fight, he hadn't completely got his confidence 100% back from the first Ruiz defeat. I think Saudi Arabia, the performance, he did exactly what he needed to do on that night for that fight. But then we need to see him go on from that and be more assertive. And do you know what I mean? With, with, with Ruiz, it was crucial they didn't make the same mistakes. You know, you're boxing a guy who's got short arms and very fast hands. So he, it was crucial that he didn't get into exchanges with Ruiz in the rematch. Uh, he kept it long and he tied him up when they got close. He controlled that distance and he did exactly what he needed to do for that fight. But he can't do that in every fight. You know, it's horses for horses. So Pulev brought different threats. Um, and I thought he coped really well. I thought he, uh, he was more assertive. Uh, his jab was very good. I really liked his jab to the body. Um, his uppercuts are probably, you know, his signature shot, aren't they? Uh, they were brilliant. Um, I think, he, I, thought, I thought he boxed very, very well. Um, I think, like I say, I think, I think he was still getting his confidence back from the first Ruiz defeat. Like the, the, the rematch Ruiz, exercised a lot of demons, probably not all of them completely, you know. So now I think they probably will be, you know, because that now he's had nine rounds. He's in, you know, he's gone through it again. He's gone through it again. The nerves, the anticipation, the build up, the tactics, the game plan, everything that he's gone through. And it's been a year. You know, when you, you speak to any fighter, when you're boxing regularly, you're less nervous. If you, if you boxed only a few weeks ago, you're not that nervous. It's because you're kind of like in the swing of it or something. But when it's been a while since you boxed, the butterflies, you feel them more. So, you know, he, uh, I, 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 think he, I think he, I think he, overall, it was a very good performance. And he, listen, he got the knockout in the end as well. So, if he won every round, he got a, he got a highlight real KO in the end as well. You know, what, what more do you want? You know, what, you know, people that are going to knock him, what more do you want? I thought he boxed well. Um, and I think he'll be even better the next time. You know, I think he'll be even better now for the next fight because, you know, let, let, let's not beat around the bush. The Ruiz loss in New York was catastrophic before him. It was traumatic. It was, you know, and then to have most fighters would take an interim fight or two to get their confidence back. But because of how big he was and what was riding on it and everything else, you know, 
I think it was a business decision more so than a boxing decision. I think if he, if it hadn't been him and who he was and everything that was riding on it, I think all the commercial aspects, I think they wouldn't have gone into an immediate rematch because history says that's not the smart thing to do. But the commercial aspect, the business side of things kind of forced it. Fair play to him and Robert McCracken, who needs a big mention. They got their, you know, they, they stood tight with each other. They believed in their thing. They are, Robert must have said, look, I want to change a few things here. You're too big up upstairs. You're too top heavy. Let's lose some of that upper body weight. Let's think more speed. And he did that in the Ruiz fight. And it was good to see him come in, in and around that weight again. I think that's his optimum fighting weight now. I think he's found it. Which you go up, you come down, you find out where suits you. And I think he's at that now. Um, so I think, look, this fight, I think it was exactly what he needed. I think to get to have time in the ring, having been out for a year, coming off the back of the last uh, win against Ruiz, you know, he's at you know what's it? He's had twenty one rounds now in two fights. You know what I mean? So, and of course he's been a year out. So I just think, look, I think it ticked a lot of boxes, and I think he'll be. Um, it sets him up nicely now for next year. Round three. What did you make of Pudov when he literally turned his whole back? Should that have been stopped? You think? I think if the ref had jumped in and stopped it, Pulev couldn't have moaned at all. It would have been his own fault, you know, for turning his back. If the ref had then waved it off, if the ref said, protect yourself at all times, you know, if he'd have turned away and the ref would have waved that fight off, Pulev's team wouldn't have had a leg to stand on in terms of complaining. Um, it was strange, but it did carry on. And, you know, he, I think I'm glad it did really, because at least there's no one satisfactory or controversial opinions or anyone knocking it now. He, he, he went on and he, and he knocked him out, you know what I mean, in, in devastating fashion in the end. Everyone is talking about what is next. Um, today I've read a lot of criticism about anti-Joshua's post-fight interview. A lot of people saying he wasn't open about fighting Fury. Does he really want to fight Fury? We know in the past when he's spoken about Deontay Wilder a lot and it's come back to bite him back in uh, where the fight hasn't taken place, not at his fault. But do you understand that criticism? Why didn't he shout out Tyson Fury's name? Why was it Eddie Hearn talking about Tyson? Why was Eddie talking about Tyson, not Joshua? Yeah, I mean, I can't answer that for him. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what, why he chose not to. It, I did think it was a little bit strange of an interview, but maybe he just had it in his head that he doesn't want to I don't know, because I'm going to start surmising now and, and guessing, and I shouldn't really do that because I don't, I don't know what, what his thoughts are. Uh, yeah, I did find it a bit strange. I mean, he's just put on a devastating knockout. You take one fight at a time, of course, and you believe, you know, with fights a sign, it's different. But nonetheless, everyone's talking about Fury, Fury and Joshua. And, and you can put that to your back of mind because you don't want to lose focus and... That's what happened to him against Ruiz the first fight. So I can understand why he'd be particularly sensitive beforehand not to get into talks about Fury or anyone when he had the fight with Pulev a few days away or whatever. But I think when he just done what he'd done and knocked him out, I would personally like to have heard him say, let's do it. Come on, Fury. You're, you're, you know, Wilder's out the way. Pulev's out the way. Let's go. Um, so, yeah, I can understand people... Saying, oh, it's a bit of a strange interview. Because I thought it was a bit of a strange interview. But I can't tell you what's going on in Nancy Joshua's head. Do you know what I mean? I'm, that, I'm just guessing. So, um, look, ultimately, I think 
whatever. I think the fight's going to happen. Uh, sure. You know, I, I think the only sticking point that I see that could possibly fuck it up is if there is some legal situation with Wilder and uh, Fury doing the third fight. Although, Barbara is adamant that as far as they're concerned, legally, they're free to go. Has Fury made it more difficult for Joshua based on his last performance with John T. Wilder? Normally, Fury is known as that back foot fighter, controls the distance, jab, faints a lot. In his last fight, he showed he can fight on the front foot. He, I remember when the bell rang in the first round, he ran to the center of the ring. Has he made it more complicated for, for Team Joshua to now analyze how to beat Fury? Um, I mean, it, it, it's... Um... Sorry, someone was trying to ring me then. <laughs> um, look, it, you hear it all the time. Stars make fights. It's horses for courses, you know. A could beat B, B could beat C, but C could beat A. You know, you know what I mean? It's not all like that. And I think, look, I think Tyson Fury has proven that he's the number one heavyweight in the world. And I think everyone kind of says, look, he's the number one. But without a doubt, that's followed by Anthony Joshua. They're definitely the best two heavyweights in the world. Now, Wilder was in that pack. But I never thought Wilder was anywhere near as good overall as Fury or Joshua, but he's probably the most dangerous with one punch. You know, he's probably the most dangerous. Um, but I think all round, Joshua is a much better fighter than Dante Wilder, and he still hits hard enough. You know, Dante, you know Josh, Joshua catches you clean, you're going to be, you know, you're going to be in trouble. Um, so he's a, I think he's a much better all-round fighter. He can fight up close. He's got a brilliant uppercuts. He's uh, he can fight at mid distance. Um, he's six foot six as well, so he's not small. Do you know what I mean? He's a better long range boxer than Wilder. It's um, AJ's a harder fight for for Fury, much harder fight for Fury than what Wilder was. Although Wilder's, like I say, probably the most dangerous fighter in the world because you can never switch off him because he's got that one punch, take your head off power. Um, the fact that Fury took the fight to him and backed him up and just beat him up really. Yeah, it does make, it's make, it's more of a probably a daunting task now for AJ because, you know, they're thinking, well, if he was, I'm, I'm guessing by the way, I don't know what they're thinking, but I'm, I'm thinking if I was AJ, you're thinking, well, you know, he stepped, he took it to, he, he took it to Wilder. He, he, you know, he wasn't afraid to take it to Wilder. He took it to him and effectively manhandled him, ragdolled him, broke him up, beat him up and got him, you know, got the, got the stoppage. So, yeah, the, the, there's another aspect now to Fury's game. He's not just an elusive, quick boxer on the outside. He can he can he can come forward and take the centre of the ring. But will he will he look to come forward, take the centre of the ring against Joshua? Don't know. I think look, Fury's an intelligent guy. When it comes to you know, he he knows he's boxing. He's he's a good, clever boxing tactician. And I don't know. I, is the answer, but it'd be interesting because I don't will he will he will he try and box AJ or will he try and back him up and take it to him? Don't know. It'd be it'd be interesting to see. You said Bob Arum has said that there's no legal issue with as far as they're concerned with Deontay Wilder. But another issue that could arise is the WBO situation. Now we always complain that the the governing bodies are not doing their job properly. The WBO actually have come out and said, well, Eddie, we've given you an exception with Ruiz too. 
we gave you another exception to take this IBF mandatory. You know what has to happen next, i.e. U6 is, is supposed to be next. So is the WBO correct in following the guidelines or should they look at this fight and say it's a historical fight, let them fight for all the belts? Look, I don't, I don't know. You know, the WBO, they've said they've already given Eddie Grace twice to do other fights. But I, I don't think that'll be a problem because I think that Usyk could be... I think they could do a deal with Usyk. You know, I think if he gets step-aside money, it might suit Usyk. You know, he, he had that one fight. Uh, he's had two fights at heavyweight, one with Chaz with the spoon, one real one with, with Chisora. And, you know, it was a hard fight. Chisora was physical. He put him under a lot of pressure. He made him uncomfortable in there. So, you know, maybe having another fight at heavyweight wouldn't be the worst thing in the world for Usyk, just to grow into that weight, get used to that weight even more so. Um, so maybe, he, you know, if, he, if they can do a deal where he gets step-aside money that he's happy with, I, I don't think that'll be a problem. I think they'll be able to do a deal with Usyk. I think the only sticking point that could potentially make this not happen, is wilder. But, you know, we can only go with what Bob Arum says, and Bob Arum is adamant that they're good to go. Uh, Matt, I just want to quickly ask you about uh, Florian Marku, uh, made his matchroom debut on the show. Don't really want to talk too much about the particular fight itself. Just at the end, further controversy with the judging and the scorecards um, gave it level against James Stewart, I believe. Um, Later on, after the fight, you know, his manager, Sam Jones, was, was like, listen, we, we move on, we move on, uh, and we, we come out again end of, end of January. We're hearing this a lot from managers, fighters, oh, it is what it is, we move on. But shouldn't there be a line drawn? Because it, it practically can ruin someone's career. You're constantly getting these decisions wrong, and they're not one or two rounds wrong. We can understand close fights are close fights. But when something is so clear and crystal, they're getting it wrong, but no one is held accountable for it. Yeah. Listen, this is, this is a debate that will never, ever get old. You know what I mean? And I think the problem is that you do get close fights and you do get difference in opinions. You know, I think what, what doesn't do it any good is when you've got loads of people jumping up and screaming robbery every time there's a close fight because then it just diminishes it when there is a robbery. You know what I mean? It's like, going, oh, yeah, fucking hell, here we go again. You know what I mean? It's like, and, and, and that's, the pro that's the problem as I see it. You know, a lot of these fights that people are, that are close, um, they're not robberies. They're close fights. But you do get robberies. And then when you get a robber, because, because you've had people shouting robbery every single week, it's like the boy who cries wolf, isn't it? You know, it's just... People just think, oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, robbery again, robbery again, robbery again. You can see that's what people think. It's like, you know... I, I, I thought Mark won the fight. I, I had him winning that, and I thought he won quite clearly. Um, you know, but there, were, there were many fights during fight camp which were very close and some round either way. And sometimes I was the round, of, I was on the side that got it. And sometimes I was around the other way and didn't get it. But on those ones when he didn't get it, I didn't think it was a robbery. I wasn't screaming robbery. It was a close fight. You know what I mean? Do you know what I'm saying? So we've got, we've got to be careful that every time there's a close fight that doesn't go quite the way we saw it, that we're not jumping up and down, screaming and shouting robbery, because when we do get a robbery there, you, you've just diminished it. No, absolutely. Um, good to see your friend Floyd at the event on Saturday. 
Yeah, of course. You know, number one superstar of our generation in boxing to be there. He added a bit of uh, stardom, star quality to the event, didn't it? No, absolutely. Well, you're there, Matt. So the stardom was already there. This just enhanced it. <laughs> uh, Matt, just quickly before I let you go, uh, another one of our Brits in action this week in Texas. Somebody you know well, Joe Gallagher's fighter in Callum Smith takes on um, Canelo. It's um, would you say this is Canelo's biggest test outside of 160? Yeah, um, you know what? I think look, Canelo is at the top of his game right now. He's the number one star in boxing, and sometimes fighters like that. When you look back through history, you'll, you'll look back at different people when they were at that, were at that point, and you think he was probably unbeatable at that point. You know, he was unsuccessful. Now, I'm not saying that he is there, Canelo, but you know, he's almost got that bit of an aura about him now. Like even coming through the Golovkin fights, he didn't win the first one, in my opinion. He got beaten in the first fight against Golovkin. I thought that was a robbery, by the way. Um, the second one was a close fight. You couldn't argue with that either way, in my opinion. That wouldn't have been a robbery if Golovkin had got it. It was definitely wasn't a robbery. That Canelo got it. It was a it was a very close fight. First one I thought Golovkin got robbed. But he's at you know he, he's at that point. He's even since that you know against Jacobs, uh, he, he's just looked top top draw, hasn't he? He really has. And so you're at that point thinking, oh, is he is he at that point where he's almost untouchable? You know, and and how long will that last for? Who knows? But I do think Callum Smith. And Billy Joe Saunders. If to, I think the if there's if there's gotta be two if there's anyone's gonna beat Canelo right now, it's one of those two. I think Callum, because of his size, his power, he like he's you know, he's, he's a massive super middleweight. He, he could move up to like heavyweight and, and maybe win a world title, Callum Smith. Um, you know, Billy Joe, because of his style, speed of foot, his movement, his southpaw, Canelo don't really like that style. You know, he, he, listen, he's a complete fighter and he'll deal with it, but he, he doesn't like it. You know, Lara gave him problems. Austin Trout, you know, gave him problems. He doesn't, he doesn't really like that South quick, slick, southpaw style. Um, listen, I don't know. Callum Smith, Billy Joe, I think if anyone's going to beat Cal, if anyone's going to beat Canelo right now, it's going to be one of those two. What is your prediction? What happens on Saturday night? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I can't give a prediction because I'm too uh, invested in Callum. I want him to win. <laughs> I'm biased. You know what I mean? He's, he's, uh, I've, I've known him since he was a kid and I really want him to win. So, look, it's hard. Canelo's the number one star in boxing. But listen, Callum Smith's the real deal. You know what I mean? As he's proven. So, this is... If Canelo wins, this will be one of the hardest fights he's ever had. That's what I think. The night before Triple G goes out, do you want to see Triple G Canelo three? Does that even like excite you anymore? Not really. Um, I mean, I would, and I'd obviously watch it. And you never know. And but I just think Golovkin's. I think he's. I think. I think Golovkin was well on the decline before they fought their first fight. You know what I mean? Like he's thirty-eight years old, nearly thirty-nine. Golovkin. Do you know what I mean? He's. Uh, he had four hundred amateur fights. He's. He's done a lot of boxing. You know, um, and you just get older. You know, so it's a sh look. He, he he didn't fight him when he should have fought him. He dragged it out, dragged it out, dragged it out. He only fought him in the end because he absolutely he got shamed into it in the end. And even then, they rubbed him. But I think that's it now. He, his time's gone, and Canelo's got better. And I don't think I don't think the next fight would even be that close. I think Canelo would be dominant.
I'll end on this, Matt. Sorry, I forgot to ask you. Um, I know we had a thousand fans back, and that was obviously great to hear uh, in this in the stadium because it, it sounded more like there's a thousand people. It sounded like there's probably five thousand people in the stadium. Uh, we've, I believe, locked, London's going back into tier three, which means no more fans are allowed in indoor and outdoor stadiums. Uh, has this kind of shown negative signs? Obviously, we were hoping 2021 starts and, and maybe 1,000 will be 2,000 and 3,000. It looks like we're going backwards again. We've got Christmas to come, we've got a lot of mingling to come, and then we just don't know what's going to happen next year now. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a scientist or a politician, but I think, I think we're getting there, aren't we? We're getting there. Look, it might have to be one step forward, two steps back. Maybe that'll happen a little bit, but I, <laughs> I think we're, we're, we're over the worst of it. Definitely. And please, God, by the summer, you know, we'll, we'll be out of it. Let's hope so. Matt, thank you so much. I really appreciate your time, not just today, but over the last couple of months. It's probably the last interview I'm going to do in 2020 with you, because I know next week's obviously the festive period, so I don't want to disturb you during the festive period. Uh, period. So I want to wish yourself, your family and everyone around you a uh, happy holiday season, obviously and New Year as well. And uh, yeah, I will continue my pestering in 2021, without doubt. You're not pestering at all. More than happy to do it. And likewise, I wish you and your family and everyone close to you, uh, you know, a lovely holiday period, Christmas, New Year, the lot. And uh, I'm sure we'll catch up in two, uh, 2021. Absolutely. Matthew Macklin, IFL TV, thank you very much. Comes along every now and then in generation and this special. Is your debt causing you sleepless nights? Knock your debt out with Debt KO. And your debt won't be the only thing keeping you up at night. Debt KO. Free, impartial advice on all your debt.